It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, what's wrong with the Strata? And whether it's week one, week 10, or week 17, five is convinced that nine will silence the crowd. And last but not least, in for the culture, our homegirl Coco making history on y'all folks. We'll talk about all that. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I also want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free water bottle with any purchase you don't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you coming up in 10 minutes um drake london out here popping off a little bit but should he be we'll talk about that first but first t we have to talk about the braves last night they lose 11 to 6 but you know kind of understand that you know braves kind of been weird with like sorry teams <laughs> and i'll get into a little bit more depth of that in just a second but i think we got to start off with spencer strider t giving up four runs in the first inning and walking the first guy that he sees. I don't think we're used to seeing this, but it seems like it's starting to be a trend here. It almost kind of weird, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think some of it is just he goes out there and it, there's just so much power behind right. his pitching, right? And so mm-hmm. that power behind the pitch is what has gotten him to where he is, trending towards 300 strikeouts. Right. But sometimes that can be the blessing and the curse because now the question becomes, what really is it? You could talk mechanics, you could talk, and we certainly hope we're not talking injury, but you could also talk about needing a third pitch. And just like last year where literally towards the end of the season, batters started figuring him out. Feels like this season, it's taken more a while because he's, you know, has two of them kind of in the toolkit or the toolbox. But sometimes you can see the batters maybe are starting to figure him out. And maybe it's time that he adds to the arsenal. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately, like, can you really even do that at this point in the season? It's almost no, kind of that's like, probably right, a 2024 thing. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's a 2024. I know he was kind of working on the changeup. You know, we kind of heard about that. But, you know, like, he doesn't use it that much. I mean, that's just right. from that's just the reality of it. So, I think that what you're going to, when times get tight or times get a little tough, you're going to lean on what you what you go to. And I think that's kind of how what he has to do, at least in 2023, because a, another little weird thing about this T is the fact that, like, he's had his worst games of this year have come against the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Mets, and the Tigers. And all of these teams are under five, 10 games, at least 10 games under 500. And he's given up at least five runs or in fewer than in five or fewer innings. Like it's right. so crazy. Like he just isn't lasting against these teams. So that's what just makes it so weird. That's why I feel like it may be something mental. And we know that Spencer Strider is going to be the first guy to kind of say, Hey, 
I need to be better. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to have to take a little tweaking a little bit, not necessarily try to add a pitch during during the season because oh, like no, I said, no. <laughs> but I do think it's going to be, it's going to take some, maybe some time, maybe some time off may do him some good as the Braves, but the magic number is 11 yes, right somehow. now. So somehow, somehow still 11 on three game losing streak. That's kind of where we are. But I, I think that the, the bright side of that though, to the other side of that is the fact that Matt Olson. And Austin Riley look like they're starting to heat up. Matt Olson is on a three-game home run hitting streak, and Austin Riley himself is on a two-game home run hitting streak. I think that kind of got to be something you kind of look at and say, you know what? Even though that starting pitching is not looking all that great, you know, the right bats are starting to heat up. Notice I said the right bats. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no pun intended. But with Austin Riley, you know, I think I, I won't call it a streak quite yet. Give me three yeah. games and then I'll, yeah, I'll of course. Yeah. But yeah. I will say I am encouraged as as Brace Country should be encouraged because you're seeing him make contact with the ball. So that was one of the things I kind of liked about last night, because even with Matt Olson and Austin Riley, hitting their home runs. It was really, I think it was Orlando Arcia who had this deep single to left that actually uh, brought in runs. So I think that's important too, that we, even in a losing effort that we see different ways for them, for the Braves to get on base and different ways for them to score. But that said, the home run is where they make their bread and butter. So to see the guy in the three hole and the guy in the cleanup spot be able to get back on track with that. Yeah, that's absolutely a good thing, especially because if you have Spencer Strider in the rotation and he can't figure out how to stop giving up runs early, then you're going to have to do what you did last night. You're going to have to have a fourth inning where you have two runs. You'll have to have a sixth inning where you have three runs. And then you have to hope that maybe in that ninth inning, especially if you're at home during the postseason, that you get the bottom of the ninth to be able to do it, that somebody is going to be able to knock those, those runs in. So, yeah, I like it because it's those two guys that we've talked about, especially Austin Riley. We said it was about his second half, and his second half is turning out to be one of the difference makers in the Braves' run to the postseason. Like we mentioned, like coming off the All-Star break, like – Come on, y'all need to check out ATL Dead Ones and rock with us just like that. But another team that you all need to check out, guess what? The Atlanta Dream. Yes, Tanitra Batiste, Atlanta Dream. My Atlanta Dream now. I'm claiming them because I took my daughter to a game and she had the greatest time of her life. She was there with her bestie. So they have clinched to go into the playoffs. T, how about that? Atlanta Dream getting it done. It's so, so exciting. And it's one of those things where we're looking at two teams, right? We're looking at the Falcons now on the precipice of possibly a season that'll get them to the postseason because what new, new schemes and new regimes in town, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. Well, it's the same thing on uh, the, on the dream side, right? They pull their coach from the Las Vegas aces, which of course they are the best team in in the WNBA. They pull their GM from the Vegas aces And they put together a triumvirate of ownership that saw, hey, we're going to be in rebuild, but we're rebuilding fast. And last year, they were actually ahead of schedule. They almost made the playoffs last year with Coach Mm -hmm. Tanisha Wright, but didn't quite get there. This year, although they had some bumps and bruises these last couple games, they knew the assignment last night was to win and you're in. And they did it. They did not want to back into it. And also, um, our, our friend, 
um, Morgan Shaw Parker being the president of, of the dream and, and just all of those pieces in the front office coming together to say, hey, we'll go out and we'll get Ryan Howard, the number one pick, right? And then we'll turn around and we're going to get Haley Jones. And then we're going to go in free agency and get Alicia Gray. So when you start putting those pieces together with the likes of Monique Billings and Cheyenne Parker, you got yourself a team and then you got a deep bench that Ari McDonald is finally healthy and she's she starts most of the time. Um, and then A.D. Durr, she's coming off the bench, bringing some heat, too. So I just think across the board, they are playing sound basketball. And we just hope that they're able to to pull it off because, man, like you said, that is an experience. That's an experience yeah. down on the south side. It's a little bit of a weird way that they're going to have to go about it because it's a 2-1 split. So you actually have to play two games wherever you're going in order to get back home for the third game. A little bit of a weird split, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Dream can get this thing done. It's amazing how when you have a vision and a plan for how you want to do things and just to see it come to fruition, it's just a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. And be able <laughs> to have the Hawks. players. Yep. Be able to have the <laughs> Exactly. There, there, there's a blueprint. Yes. It's a blueprint. It's and a blueprint. So, yes. It's so, a yeah, plan. Some of our teams yes. just have to look Not at reactionary. that and say, hey. And, and you know, they, they at least have one <laughs> strong piece of the blueprint, meaning an addition in Quinn Snyder. And that's, right. you know, that's yes. what it was. It's And you, we know it. It's addition by subtraction. It's, it was addition by subtraction in Flowery Branch and it's addition by subtraction in College Park. That's how you get to where you want to be to at least be back in the conversation. Yes, and that's all we want. We just ask you to be in the conversation, and then we'll just roll from there and see what happens. Guess what, guys? We're not going to ask. I'm, when you roll somewhere, guess what you need to do? I need to to check out Bird Dogs because this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by BirdDogs.com slash locked on because I had the greatest experience of my life when I put on Bird Dogs. You know why? Because I'm a big dude. I like my clothes to be comfortable, you know what I'm saying? And I've been losing some weight, so I wanted to be a form-fitting a little bit. So, you know, I like to see my thighs get looking, start looking right. Bird dogs got the, the shorts just for you. The pants as well. Oh, my God, they are absolutely ridiculous. If you want to go out and play a little golf and get it in, and you know, you know you're going to be sweating a little bit. They got all the little... little uh, the little texture things that you kind of fish your legs and they kind of catch all that sweat. Yeah. So you don't got to worry about spelling and all that good stuff. So guess what you need to do? I need you to go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take these birds off bird dogs off. I promise you. And speaking of birds, let's talk dirty birds because they are three days away from the season opener against the Panthers at the Bends. I know, and this is technically Christmas Day because the Chiefs and Lions are kicking off the 2023 season tonight, but the Falcons kick theirs off Sunday. And like we were talking about pre-show, we've been kind of going around around the um, the around Flowery Branch and looking into each room to kind of say what we think about that particular room, right? But there's one mm -hmm. room where we don't really need to talk about the whole room. We just need to talk about one guy in the room, and that's yes. the QB room, and that's Desmond Ritter. But that he is also the com conversation topic more than we care to even talk about. I mean, right. it just never stops. But one of his key weapons, Drake London, says, 
oh, there's going to be something that you're going to be able to see sooner rather than later that maybe we'll finally stop the talk. I see his leadership role. I see his work ethic. That's all going to come into light once he starts playing. He only had four games last year. People didn't really see all of Dez in an entire. But now they get to see him, get to see what he does. So I think he'll shut a lot of people up. Oh, okay. And, he, and I, you know, be honest with you, I think that Desmond Ritter, I know people might look at me kind of weird when I say this, Locked on Sports Atlanta family, but I agree with him. I think yeah. he's going to shut some people up. I don't think he's going to shut all the people up because, hey, I don't. It, he has to do a lot in order to do that. But I'm talking about 4,000 yards, yeah. 30 touchdowns, and if only six he picks. Go, like, he, like, like he, essentially, yes, he has to, because, like, really, really yeah. have a great year in order to shut everyone up. But I do think he's going to shut some doubters up because yeah. here's the thing. I don't think Arthur Smith is going to put him in position to, to mess up. I, I think he's going to be in a great spot right in order to be able to be successful um just from a game planning standpoint and just from a weapon standpoint just being able to throw different guys out there and, and move some guys move some guys around the whole 12 personnel making sure Johnu smith and kyle pitts are all both healthy and ready to roll on sunday i think that you know desmond ritter has a, a great opportunity in front of him to shut people up because at the end of the day, I like what I saw in those in those four games. Yeah. I like the progression, right? From game one to game four, you saw that steady progression that you look for in young quarterbacks. And to be honest with you, to keep it funky, he has the most experience in the division right now. So it's not too much you can say. And it, I think it's a lot of times at the national media, you know how they get when it comes to Atlanta professional sports teams. Like, it's just like, they, like you have to do so much in order for them to kind of like start to really pay attention. So I, I, I agree with Drake. I think that he is going to shut some people up. And I'm probably going to be some people in this town the, uh, because I feel like they kind of need to understand that, hey, the Falcons know what they're doing as far as being prepared for this season, and I really feel like Dez is is going to do some do some some good things. Like it's, but I feel like hey, he might get off to a little bit of a slow start, but I really feel like he's going to do some good things and, and shut up those some some of those doubters, not all. Of them. Yeah, and whether it's week one or week ten, week seventeen. I do hope that the Falcons fans are patient with him because there are a lot of moving parts. And we'll talk about one of those moving parts in just a moment, but there are moving parts. Kyle Pitts for all intents and purposes, he's new to Desmond Ritter, right? John Robinson is definitely new to Desmond Ritter. So you do have moving parts, but I like something that Drake London said as well, which is the using the same verbiage and the same situation, but actually flipping the meaning because most people say what they say because they're like, well, it was a small sample size. It was only four games. Drake London said, well, you didn't get to see all of what he can do in four games. So to me, he kind of flipped the narrative there and said, you're saying that wasn't enough. He's saying, you're saying it wasn't enough because you're not convinced. He's saying it wasn't enough because you didn't get to see everything that he has, but you're saying he doesn't have it. This guy is saying, no, you just didn't get to see it. So I really like the fact that Drake London has started to kind of flip that narrative with the way that he approached the questions about Desmond Ritter's readiness for starting QB in the regular season. Now the one X factor who's not really an X factor 
is Cordero Patterson. And the reason I say it that way is because Desmond Ritter is on some level familiar with what he can do, right? But he's one of those guys who's all over the place. So I remember yesterday hearing somebody say that Cordero Patterson was listed as Jay. And I was like, okay, you know what? Every time I look up, (laughs) there's a different term, man. As soon as I think I got all the new terms, Will, Sam, Mike, Joe, Joe, Uh, then there's another, <laughs> there's another term. So I go like searching all over the place for what this J means. Well, it turns out our guys, uh, Joe Patrick, the Orlando Ledbetter, uh, the beat writers for the Falcons yesterday had conversation with Arthur Smith about what that J really means. And our guys, uh, Dukes and Bell over at 92.9 also had some conversation with Arthur Smith about what the J is and why CP is the J. And for me, I think him saying it's because he's all over the place. He can be all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Jarvis, I got a little bit of a corny something to tell you. And that is every now and again, I'm channel surfing and I'll stop on this network that shows all these old school games. And one of them <laughs> yeah. is the Joker's Wild. Right, right. So yeah. you don't know what's going to come up when the Joker comes up. And then for my, mm-hmm. uh, for my spades, folks. We all know what the Joker means, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's, smack that's, that bad yeah, boy right the there. Yeah. Exactly. That's <laughs> the big card. And that's how you kind of see Cordero Patterson. He's yeah. the big wild card who can do absolutely anything. So how do you like that, first of all, that, hey, he's looking at him like, yeah, I'm going to call him the Joker because he's the guy who will line him up anywhere and he'll be able to do damage. I, I love it. Um, because when you think about from Arthur Smith's standpoint, I love the fact that he said that, hey, that dude is not a third string running back. No, like, not at all. you know, I'm not put, I'm not disrespecting him like that because I think a lot of people kind of forget about Cordero Patterson, what he's able to bring to the table because he can line up at wide receiver because he played the position before. Like that was his original position coming into the league. So, and being that he's a kickoff, a kick returner, you know that you can get him in space and he can go to work and he knows he has that vision. So he played the running back position as well. So it's just a lot of different things that you can do with Cordell Patterson, so which speaks to, which references the whole Joker piece, right? Especially the Batman character, right? Especially in the Batman Returns joint, you know? So he's just a guy that you just don't know what to expect. And I think that that's Arthur Smith's mindset coming into this season, because I was even joking with him about, like, like hey, coach, you know, you're going to throw some 14 personnel because, you know, he had all these doggone tight ends on, the, on and come to find out four tight ends made, made the active roster. So right. 53. So it's just he's like, you just never know what we're going to throw at you. And I think that that speaks to 2023 season, the, the being able to have the talent and, and the personnel to throw at you in all type of different ways. That's what's going to help Desmond Ritter in his development piece, right? Because defense is going to be guessing pretty yeah. much so, especially when you're talking about like, okay, is Kyle Pitts the tight end or is he lining up at wide receiver? Is yes. Cordell Patterson going to line up at wide receiver? going to line up in the running back backfield? Oh, they got Tyler Algeria and B. John yeah. Robinson in the game. Boys? Okay. You're like, it's just, it's just so many moving parts. I really feel like they're going to catch some guys off guard early on because of those things. So I, I think that when you have a guy like Cordell Patterson, you know, the whole Joker's piece, I, I totally get it, and I absolutely love it because like, I love offensive coaches trying to catch defensive guys off, off guard. It's just, it's, just, it's just amazing to watch. I just yeah, love it. and then they just, they just throw things at you 
that are Joker's wild-ish as well, with Parker Hesse maybe coming back to do some special teams work. And you never you know. him in <laughs> But yeah, just amazing. But obviously we now know what that Joker term means or what the J-code means, but that got me to thinking about the defense. Who do you think is kind of that versatile guy and the guy that they can just put anywhere or line up in different places, sort of like the Joker, but on defense? I think it will be on Abikati. Like when you yeah. think about because there was a little funky little formation. I won't reveal it too much because, you know, Arthur Smith always talking about, you know, trying to give out game plans and all that stuff. But right. I believe that he's going to be the guy, educated that is, to kind of be a stand-up linebacker from time to time. You might see him drop into coverage you know, on, on third and long. But you're also going to see him lying down in a two-point position and, and rush off the edge and, and look like a blitz, like a, a pressure so, um, so to speak, because you're going to have four guys already down in their stance on the line of scrimmage. So I think Arnold Ebicati is going to be that guy. And that's why I say he has to perform this year because they're going to give him every opportunity to rush the passer this year, um, just as much as he did had the opportunity last year. So I, I think that that production has to come along with it and that growth or that second year leap that you always look for in, in those uh, guys going to their second year of the season. I, I think that has to come to fruition ASAP. Yeah, just like the game. Joker, Joker, Joker. And that's how you win all the money on Joker's Wild. That's what you need to do, AK. But what do you guys think are everydayers? You know CP is the Joker on offense for the Falcons. Who's your Joker, your game changer, your versatile player on defense? Let us know by dropping a comment in the chat on YouTube. And, of course, we appreciate you always downloading ATL Day Ones wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But T, this is for the culture is intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on the show today is no different. T, when you think about Coco Golf and, you know, coming onto the scene at a very young age, like we have, it feels like we haven't seen this, at least from an American player standpoint, in quite some time. And this is all going to tie together. Yeah, so y'all just follow with me. We haven't seen this since, what, Serena and Venus. Like, you know, seeing somebody come up like this. So guess what? She has uh, put her name in the conversation again with Serena uh, Williams because she has made the semifinals in the U.S. Open Tee. And that we haven't seen that since 2002. Since when? Serena Williams. And she's only 19 years old. Tee. Like, what? How great is that? It is absolutely amazing. And... Of course, she was born in Florida, but spent a number of years here in Atlanta. So we call her our own. Absolutely. And just appreciate the (laughs) fact that she's still humble because the comparisons to Serena are made to her out loud. And one of the things she said after her straight sets victory on Tuesday was, I am grateful. I'm honored, but I have a ways to go. And she Mm. just has a maturity about her that I can say even six months nine months, a year ago, wasn't quite there where she said she took this two week trip, right? It was from Chicago to, I believe, Vancouver, then back down to DC and just going those places. And she won a couple of those big matches. It's really how she's able to 
bring the mental with the physical. And we've always talked about that with her and even with the likes of Naomi Osaka, who's coming back in 2024. But with yeah. Coco Golf, you're seeing the mental catch up to the physical. And that was always the thing. If you recall, when Venus and Serena came out, we knew Venus was great, but we were like, boy, when the young one gets the mental mm-hmm. and the physical going yes. at the same time, she will be absolutely scary. And she was scary for two decades. I feel like Coco Golf has that kind of mindset. She and her family did some strategic things by parting ways with their coach a couple months ago, getting another coach who has had a lot of success with American tennis stars and then lining herself up with the likes of Novak Djokovic. I mean, he's number two in the world and you're having conversations with him about how to get your game better or getting the mindset. Like we know Jimmy Butler's mindset is unmatched. And if right. that's what you're patterning, whom you're patterning yourself after, I feel like this is going to be a long run. We're not going to just be saying, oh, yeah, she she was in the semis and maybe she makes the U.S. Open as a runner up or a winner. And then the conversation ends. No, I think the conversation about Coco Golf is just beginning. Yeah, my, my father-in-law has been on the Atlanta tennis scene for at yes. least like 30, 40 years. Yes. So, yeah, he's been telling me about Coco for quite some time. And then, like you said, when she made that change, to you know, uh, get those coaches, get that situation go. It was it was something that had been in the works for for quite some time. Because, like you said, if you're trying to go to that next level, it's 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 you know time to part ways with with the old and come on in with the new. And we're starting to see the benefits of it that benefits of that already. So yeah, shout out to Coco and go ahead and do your thing because like we you got all the support right here on ATL Day Ones. Speaking of support, T. Um, Kind of see, wanted to see what you would do in this particular situation because, and I, I know I think I know the answer to it because, like when you think about like thieves, right? And um, there was a particular story that you know um, these two contractors, their names are Jorge Martinez and Gerardo Sanchez. They were working on a home and they just saw this guy just walk up to the house and they was like, oh, and they even spoke to him like, hey, how you doing? You know, and all that stuff. You know, didn't think anything of it. Right. And then next thing you know, this man walks up to the porch, grabs the bike that's on the house, uh, on the porch of the house that they're working on, and he just takes off riding on the bike. And then next thing you know, all they hear is the owner of the home come out and say, hey, come back here. And, you know, T, like, you know me, I don't like thieves. Like, I will cuss yeah. about thieves. Like, you know, I would do something really crazy to thieves. But when you think about the situation that the next step that those guys took, they went after the guy and went and got the bike back. T, like old school style. Like, I absolutely love this. I know they putting themselves in danger given what all was going on today. But I absolutely love the idea. They just said, you know what? You're not about to take this bike from from these people because they're good people and and I, they just did something about it because you know a lot of times people just filming it and or right. just making fun of it and all that stuff but yeah I, I just thought it was just really cool that those guys went and got that bike back yeah i have mixed feelings because okay. i think my instant reaction would be to try to get the bike back as well but then I might stop in my tracks and think now granted if you're stealing a bike you probably don't have a, a gun on you but you yeah. might have a knife. So yeah. I that that's what would concern me, whether or not my safety would be in jeopardy trying mm-hmm. to be sort of a po- trying to police the situation myself. So yeah. I might just call 911 and think, okay, somebody's always filming. 
So somebody's going to yeah. have this on tape. Uh, right. She might even have cameras at her house where she can figure out, you know, give that to the authorities and they can find the person. Because here's the thing. You get arrested. And we tried to, like, arrest you ourselves and then you got arrested again. I don't know. You might come back. Yeah. It's just that's, a scary that's like world. Those, yeah, it's, just a, it's a rabbit hole, right? Because yeah, old you think about all the, yeah. The way mm-hmm. you, could, you could do that. But these days, people just want to make such a statement and they get in a rage so easily mm-hmm. and they don't know how to bring that rage down. That's the only thing. I'm glad that they did it and I'm glad they weren't harmed. But I'll tell you, I have, you got to pause these days because people are just doing the most. Yeah, you don't know what people are going through. And that might have been uh, a bike to help him go get some groceries for his child. But, you know, it, ultimately it wasn't. But I, I, I definitely hear you when you talk about that because, like, but I just don't like thieves. And like you said, I don't know if I wouldn't be able to put myself in that same situation. Like, hey, man, no, man, give me that bike. And, and, and the really cool thing about all of this is the fact that the owner of the home started a GoFundMe and they met their goal and exceeded their goal for those guys. So essentially, they can go out and go buy some extra parts so they can continue to grow their business, their contractor business. So yes. I think that, you know, not that they did it for that, but the, for those guys to be able to benefit from a, a personal standpoint, from an entrepreneurial yeah. standpoint, to be able to grow their business, I absolutely love it. So, yeah, we definitely shout out to you, uh, you guys for, you know, stepping up. Yeah. Even then yeah. you put yourself in danger. Right, exactly. And so at least your good Samaritan work was actually acknowledged in a big way. So I'm I'm grateful right. for that and, and hopefully hedge your protection around you too, as well as that owner, that that thief won't come back and try something again. Yeah. But speaking of stealing, Braves, we really want you to one steal game, game three. <laughs> That's, it. That's what we want you to swept? do. Because who wants to get swept? Who wants to get swept? And listen, it's something like you said earlier, Jarvis. You the last time you got swept, it was by the Red Sox. Ugh. July 25th through the 26th. So let's not get swept, Braves. Let's not get swept by the Cardinals, the lowly Cardinals. But hey, Max Free, you got work to do against Adam Wainwright tonight. Let's try to get it done. You guys know we'll talk about it. And tomorrow, we're going to talk a little keys to the game for the Falcons to get their first win of the 2023 season. And anything and everything that's coming out of this sports scene, you know you're going to hear about it right here on ATL Day Ones. And last but not least, make sure you guys share love, show love, and most importantly, spread some love. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.